Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Taking you inside the games we love, this is Bill Roden on Sports. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, my co-host, Jamal Murphy, is right across from me. I'm here and glad to be here. And Pat, on the other end, way in the back there. Pat, how are you doing? How was your weekend? I'm all right. It, uh, it was good. Yeah? Yep. How you was see, yours? You said it like there was like some kind of question. No, <laughs> like no. You were quite sure. <laughs> no, no, it was good. It just, I had to think for a moment because it was a couple of days ago. <laughs> I didn't oh, remember. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. That's like you asked me about Dusty Baker. And that was, <laughs> last week, that was going to be the hot thing we were going to yeah. talk about. You asked me today, is it who? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's so not, many things happen. Well, exactly. you, do, you do, I mean, you do have a big game. You two are Jets fans, so we do have a big game. Tomorrow, right? Real big game. Oh, right? Bills, right? Yeah. I forgot all about that. Come on, how could you forget about oh, that? You know, Jets you, and the Bills. I'm usually reminded on Thursday morning. <laughs> Get a little alert. Big game, though, right? Yeah, big game. Big, you know. I mean, I'm not all wrapped up in this, you know, Rex Ryan return. I'm, you know, I'm concerned the Jets need a win. So yeah, definitely whoever is. they play. But but isn't this something that Rex Ryan has been sending these honorary captains out so against the Dolphins he sends Richie Incognito out <laughs> as a captain and now uh, tomorrow he's going to send uh, who's the guy who broke Geno's oh, job oh wow. I didn't hear that yeah oh he's supposed to send him out as honorary captains yeah. tomorrow. Rex has no shame. Unbelievable. He likes to play games. And I guess when he was on your team, the games were fun. Right. right. But now that you see these games, you're like, Rex right. is playing games. Like, it's not now, cool. Right. Now all the Jets fans are unhappy. But the, the big news today, the, the, the big news today is that uh, New York State's Attorney General, uh, Eric Schneiderman, Tuesday ordered two biggest the two biggest daily fan, uh, fantasy sports companies, DraftKings, your guys' company, huh. and Fan, and I guess the whole show, right. And, right. And, and FanDuel to stop accepting bets from New York residents, saying that the games constituted illegal gambling under state law. Now, this had been something that had been built, and it's not a complete surprise, but I, I was just wondering what, specifically Jamal as an attorney, uh, and Pat, as a fan, what what do you think? What do you make of this? Uh, just on the surface, it seems like like New York is playing hardball. I mean, Schneiderman said, "Not a new. This is clearly a, a ruse. Uh, what do you call it? He didn't call it a ruse. He called it a scam. Right. Uh, to 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 fleece to to fleece you guys essentially. To <laughs> right, right, right. I think it's working actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he said, "Not not in New York, and not on my watch." But uh, uh, Jamal, just as a, as a, as an attorney, what's your your reaction to to this news? I was I was a little shocked. I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, a little political grandstanding, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, especially like you said, like the way he worded it. You know, right. not in my house, right. not under my watch. Right, not on my watch. This is not going to happen. Right. It's also surprising to that it's done now. I mean, all this advertising that's gone on. Um, there's advertising all in New York. Uh, DraftKings just opened a, you know, their headquarters in in Manhattan. Mm. Um, you know why wasn't why didn't you act on this sooner? And you know from from the opposite spectrum, it only took them they all, it took them about four or five weeks to investigate. That doesn't seem like enough time to me to really come to a thorough decision. Mm. I think uh, there's no question that FanDuel and DraftKings are gonna 
uh, head to court and try to try to get an injunction and try to stop this and say that this would cause them irreparable harm. So, you know, this is the beginning of the fight. I mean, Pat. Now, the the the, the, the sports companies say that the games are not gambling because they involve uh, more skill than luck. And you know, what, what do you what do you what do you? I mean, let's 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 first deal with with that. Do do you agree with that that these these this fantasy stuff with FanDuel and uh, um, DraftKings are more skill than luck. I would you guys say, I would think it, I would say it's more skill than luck. I would. I mean, you have to know what you're doing. It's you can't just you know throw it together and expect to win a million dollars. These people research and research and, and know what they're doing. But I mean, is it is it gambling? I'm not going to say no. You're playing well, are, are for. Are you going to say yes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I might say yes. Yeah. I mean, I might say it's a little bit of both because you are you are playing a game out of chance to win a financial prize. I mean, isn't that what? Basically, what gambling is, yeah, and, you, and you and it's not free, right? You guys do gamble on it, right? I mean, right, right. You, no, yeah, you're putting money down. I've been losing about two dollars a day for the past couple of weeks on the NBA. Mm-hmm. So I th- there's some skill, but there's definitely there's definitely a lot of luck. There's both involved. To me, I almost look at it like the lottery, but with a little bit of skill involved. Hmm. And then, and it's, it's almost like you know there was an issue about uh, the same guys win over and over again. And so that's why, you know, all this advertising about you have a chance to win a million dollars is really, is really not the case because it's usually the same guys that win. And no, those guys are like professional sports betters, which which kind of leads me to, to to the skill argument because they've built that skill. I mean, they're they're researching every day. They, you know, they, they do have an advantage over the well, that, average and, Joe. And, and that's the, where the fleecing comes in. Right. Because you've got these people who are professional people. That's what they spend all day right. really putting this down to a, to a science. So if you're just a regular Joe, you really are out, outflanked. But, then, but that goes against the chance argument. So it's not really chance. It's putting the work and the time in. So I don't know how you play both sides of it because that's true. That is that's very true. DraftKings, you know, the the advertising have you believe that you know just because you're an average football fan, you have a chance to win a million dollars. For those for us those people, it's like the lottery. For the people who are really have a chance to win, it's it's a job. Mm, that's right, uh, Pat. You had, you found uh, you, you you came across a very interesting uh, challenge. Right. Um, I found this um, website. These, I guess it's an online newsletter dailyfantasysportsrankings.com and they actually had a nice challenge to the New York State Attorney General to prove <laughs> that the game it is a game of skill and not luck they actually challenged the attorney general to to 100 games or any number that he likes to prove that they can win 60% of the time to prove it's a game of skill and if they do they would like the cease and desist order to be resolved. Uh, But they said if it is a game of luck and the Attorney General can win 50% of the time, they will donate $100,000 to New York City public schools. Mm. Almost making it, uh, you know, an offer that he has to Take no, up. He probably won't. He said, well, no, there's no yeah. way. No, no he, I know he won't, he, but I mean, he, then I he's basically I turn away that money to the city schools. Well, he, he didn't care. That'll buy a couple no. books. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but I mean, it's a... I wonder if... He, I, do you think that the state's attorney or anybody in his office plays fantasy sports? 
You, you can't tell me that nobody in his office does not play fantasy. I'm not talking about FanDuel or DraftKings. Oh, right. Just fantasy. They, they, you mean, Eric, nobody in your office has a fantasy team? Right. You know, give me a you know, He might have one. I doubt he, it, though. He, well, I doubt it. You, you'll never know. I mean, just right. from, you know, I'm just judging by the look of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, who knows what don't, that means. Don't want yeah. him to come in. Yeah. It could be a com- that could be a compliment, yeah. yeah I guess, but but it's it's very interesting. You you two are very active, right? Uh, on on uh, DraftKings, I'm not. I- again, you know, um, although disclosure, I mean, DraftKings sponsors this entire network, right? You know, which causes me some sleepless nights in a, in a way because I I really don't believe in the whole DraftKings thing. In fact, I mean, that's so much DraftKings fan duel. I just have a larger problem with this evolution of fantasy in general because to me what it does is it uh, really desensitizes people to players. For example, I listen to serious uh, football, NFL football a lot. So yesterday the guy Jim Miller is reading it. Uh, he, he starts off saying, all the injuries, uh, Ike Forte is injured, um, Le'Veon Bell is injured, Andrew Luck is injured. And I thought he was going to say <laughs> how terrible this is, it's the moral. He said, these injuries could play havoc with your fantasy team. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I was thinking, that's exactly what's wrong. I mean, you know, maybe 30 years ago, Andrew Luck goes down or whatever, and you're like, wow, this guy's this guy, career's over, and how's he going to, you know, how's he going to do? Now, I was like, oh, man, the guy just blew my fantasy team. You know, I mean, yeah. it just, it, I don't know, it just seems to but, yeah. further desensitize. But people, people never, people never, ever cared about the player as a person, as we'll get into later. With the Missouri thing, but people never really care about the person. That, that way, I mean, they care about their team. Yeah, back thirty years ago, Andrew Luck gets injured, and you're like, "Oh, my team! We're not going to make the Super Bowl this year." But you, you know, aren't you a little know, concerned with Andrew Luck's ribs? I mean, that I, his I am. I, you know, I am. But I, you know, but and I'm also concerned with my two fantasy teams that he's the quarterback, and I have to find another quarterback. I actually have to go to a, a Flacco. Uh, it's over for me. <laughs> how, 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 I'm just curious. How does that work now? If if you had Le'Veon Bell on your team, or if you had right. uh, uh, Andrew Luck uh, or Ike Forte, is that is Ike Forte? How right. does that work now? What do you have to do? Once- it, it's like real life. You just drop them off the team. <laughs> no, you know, so they put him on the IR. I have no use for him on my fantasy team. He's not going to play the rest of the year. I, I drop him. Nobody else is going to pick him up in the league because so it's over. So how do you get another back? We see who, whoever's left on the free agent market, and it's probably somebody, you you know, it's it's a it's a low a you guy. somebody who did not get drafted exact, in your particular Exactly. League. So, you know, you're looking at guys like uh, Fitzpatrick or – you know, maybe Jameis Winston is still available. A rookie. How could, how could Jameis Winston be available? Wouldn't somebody have taken him already? Well, if you have, let's say you have a most most leagues are about twelve teams, so and not everybody carries two quarterbacks on their team just in case. So only like the top twelve guys will get drafted. So usually, if tw- the the twenty, but the guys between twenty and thirty two should be available. I mean, it just seems to be. I, I guess there is this part of skill. Right, right. In so other words, you exactly. do have to you do have to study a little bit. You got to figure out who's hurt, who's right, not, right. Um, who's likely to, who's, who's likely to step up. Right. Um, probably more disturbing are people who've got inside information. I mean, I, I was stunned, frankly, that the National Football League doesn't prohibit their players to exchange information with with people about injuries on their team, 
I mean, I was talking to somebody on the Jets, just a place kicker, and he would say, yo, he, he was getting texts from people about, you know, what, what, who does he think they should have on their team? <laughs> to me, that's, that's much more damning to, that, that you've got all these players across, and I think we may have touched on this, across the right. NFL, third string, fourth string guys, but who have valuable information on their team about uh, a running back. Hey, I think that this guy's going to be pretty good or – yeah. You know, and, and that goes for just regular betting. You know, the Vegas and wise guys. There's always been questions about who who has inside connections. So, I mean, and, and the money when the money's big, that's always a concern. So, yeah, that's that's a little you know troubling to hear that that people are texting. It make obviously it's not that all that surprising. Yeah, I mean, but, I, yeah, if you know if you knew the songs of the Jets and you may, oh, let's say Pittsburgh for example, right? And Le'Veon Bell's down or something. I don't know what you would ask me. What would you guys, in other words, based on what you guys do, who would you, And if let's say if you if you could have a friend inside a team, who would that friend be? What would you ask? What kind of things would you, what kind of things would you ask? Well, Tra- trainer? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it, you brought up Nick Folk, and I didn't know he was hurt until I was watching the game, and then I checked my FanDuel team, and I saw like two guys had Nick Folk. And they got him a zero point. So I was like, well, I mean, I didn't pick him, but no one knew he was hurt. But then on the other case, it's like someone else had Joe Randall as a starting running back. And if you didn't know he was cut by Dallas by Sunday, you right. should not be playing. <laughs> you know, I mean. Exactly. It's, but not, it would, it's not for everybody. It would have been nice if Nick Folk texted me and said, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm a little hurt. Don't pick me. Right. But right. that didn't happen. Right. Or, or, or his rock locker mate, the guy yeah. next to him, say, hey. Nick's looking a little bruised. I mean, I, I actually got burned. You know, I put three, two or three dollars on a, on a DraftKings for basketball yeah. last night. I got burned. I had Andrew Wiggins starting. I look at my lineup. He didn't even play. Hmm. You know, he was out with. I don't know. You know, he played the night before. Right. So if you knew somebody in Minnesota, right? You, sure, you may have texted us. Hey, is Andrew going to play today? Exactly. And he said no. Well, how, how do he look in practice? Yeah, yeah extra right, spring, yeah. extra spring in the legs. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah I'm it. going for. It. Yeah, you know? yeah, and, and I, it's funny when I listen to these radio programs, the guys, and 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 I know it must be betting. Hey, so let's, how's Andrews on your team? How's so and so looking? Right. And I'm right. thinking it's such an obvious gambling question, and a lot of times the guys, are, well, looking great, or yeah. and there's no ban on sports writers, you know, playing. You know, DraftKings or FanDuel, and they they could be at the practice. You know, they're at the shoot around. They could see what's oh, how that, people look. And, and I mean, just frankly, you know, I cover. You know, I do horse race. I don't cover, but it's amazing to me that that these guys, the people who cover horse racing, just before the race, are putting down bets. They're betting all really? day, not just on the on the let's say Kentucky Derby, but all the races leading up to the Derby. These guys have got their 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 you know they they got this. Yeah, <laughs> and in between they're marking stuff right, off right. and betting, and these are the guys who can go to the stable and can go here. I'm like, man, right. what kind of insider trading <laughs> is this? And you're right, the yeah. same thing about if you got a fantasy team, and I hear guys in the press box all the time. So, oh man, the guy, you know, right. killed my team and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know it's just something very, very unseemly. But, you know, the fa- the fantasy teams in general, you know, where where you have you have ten and it's a season long thing, and you're usually playing with guys you know and friends. You, you know, that's more gentlemanly. There might be a hundred dollar buy in. You know, it's more like the uh, the NCAA tournament pools. You know, all that kind of stuff. That you know, you're not you're not really gonna try to bend rules to try to win that so much. But when you come to this daily fantasy stuff, it's a different story. I mean, you, I, I'm playing two, three dollars, but people. You know, if, you know, you're 
they have tournaments available for you to put down who knows how much money like thousands of dollars mm. so if you're a high roller that you take this stuff seriously yeah well this is to be continued uh as i said you know they, they do support play it i don't know how much longer that's gonna last if, if this although do, what, what what do you guys think are the odds uh, the odds <laughs> of, of um of DraftKings and FanDuel winning winning this well i think uh they're not, they're not gonna win outright i think they're gonna there'll be some sort of settlement they're gonna have to come out of the pocket there's got there to be some sort of state regulation or federal regulation so i think that's where this goes i don't see uh I don't see it holding up that they're going to be banned from New York or banned, you know, in, in the country. I feel I feel like the tide is t- is turning towards gambling being legalized in general. Mm. So I don't see that going backwards. So I, th- I feel like FanDuel and DraftKings will survive this. Nevada just banned it, didn't they, like a couple weeks ago? Right. Yeah. And, and that couple, makes sense. There's a couple states, too, that say no. Right. Why, why, is it, why does it make sense for Nevada? Because it's, it's almost direct competition okay. of what they're trying to oh. do. Right, you know, right. in terms of casinos and stuff, it's, it's taking money out of their pockets. Right, yeah. So probably, you know, I guess they say you follow the money. Right, there's going to be some type of tax or or right. regulation, meaning tax. <laughs> right. That's, right. Right. that's what that means. Right. But aren't these businesses like they're not? I mean, that's why I don't understand the whole fleece thing because they're legitimate businesses in the country who pay taxes, and if you win and you withdraw whatever it is, it's six hundred dollars a year. They f- send you a form, and you have to pay that tax when you do your taxes at the you know in April. So it seemed like they were taking all the precautions to make this a legitimate business, and then all of a sudden, it seems like now everyone's questioning it. You know, while we're talking about this, I'm looking at the New York Times, you know, my paper, and I'm looking at the front page picture, uh, um, and the, the capture of the front page picture. Obama bets a new strategy in Syria. And the caption reads, the White House hopes a mix of diplomacy and forces will end Syria's war above airstrikes near Damascus last week. And they just show the city of Damascus in flames. I mean, just <laughs> just blown to smithereens. And I'm thinking, you know, here we are, like, you know, Manhattan and, you know, and sunny day. And we just walk back and forth. And in so many places, you know, I mean, we have the luxury. You're talking about DraftKings and are they going to, you know. And so many places like here, like in Damascus, people's houses are like being blown away and people are walking back I mean it's just in chaos and, and this, right. this completely apropos of nothing I'd be rather be here than there but right. just still I, I guess it's all these things just sort of reinforce um, yeah they, they wish DraftKings was their biggest problem <laughs> that, right, right. Yeah. Cause that was their biggest headache <laughs> right. about DraftKings Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love, this is Bill Roden on Sports. Um, Speaking of other headaches, the other um, big news this week was at the University of Missouri where a combination of students, students on the campus, uh, students joined by athletes, brought national pressure to bear, uh, enough pressure to bear that on Monday, the president of the University of Missouri system and the chancellor also resigned. And this was probably less than 24 hours after 
a group of uh, football players, uh, all the football players, uh, of course the black players led it, said that unless the president resigned, they were not going to practice and they were going to forfeit their game against BYU this Saturday, which of course would mean the school would have to pay out a million a million dollars. Right. I'm just curious. What uh, I, I I frankly was overjoyed. I mean, I not overjoyed, but I was exhilarated that uh, th- that the members of the football team would be the final straw that broke the camel's back because there had been uh, protest. Right. I mean, students had been saying, "Listen, we're tired of being For called months. the N word." Yeah, the N word and and swastikas and feces mm. and just the general uh, climate of racism that most of us feel all the time. But I guess it's intensified in places like uh, Columbia, Missouri, or or probably Auburn, Alabama. Just take your pick. And I thought it was great, and and I wonder what you guys thought, that the football players finally broke out of the cocoon and said, you know what, we are the most highly visible people on this campus. We will lend our vocal support to the movement. What, What did you guys think about that? Jamal, what was your what was your thought? No, I, I felt I felt it was huge, and I feel like it is a a, a good thing, a very big thing, um, and it shows how much power that these athletes, these you know big sport athletes at the big Division One colleges, it shows the kind of power that they have and can have in the future. And if imagine, I mean, these these are college kids who did this. Imagine the power that these pro athletes have. And I actually saw, you know, a friend of the program, uh, Swin Cash, tweet out mm-hmm. that she was, uh, you know, she was a little disappointed that, you know, it's these college athletes that seem to be taking the bigger stand than the pro athletes. Mm, well, you know what that's about. Right. Well, Dope. Right. <laughs> right. Hey, brother, not on my one. Right. You know, uh, what, what do you think, Pat? Is our, is our, I, I agree with Jamal. I think it was huge to show that they were like, you know, we're going to, we're not going to play. Mm. And then they were, you know, they, had to resign and they did and it just showed the power that they had and the influence that they have in a big time big time program like that I just had had, had, uh, lunch with the vicar uh, Trinity Wall Street who was flabbergasted at this he was brother but he was flabbergasted at this he thought this is so this is kind of whack that these guys I mean these football players forced these two you know academic guys to resign within 24 hours you know, everybody else is pushing. These two guys said, we won't play. Oh, you're fired. Yeah. Right, <laughs> you know right. I mean, just out of here, you know. You mean, but it, it, it's it, money. It's money. Like you said, they were going to lose a million dollars, and that's just the one game. Right. You know, you, they can't have this. And But that shows you the type of power that exists. And if you, you know, if you can band together and, and I mean, if you're going to have your, your team made up of, you know, 60%, 70% uh, black players, and then, but you at the same time allow... A, a culture of racism and, and you refuse to do anything about it I mean this is what almost has to be done and these athletes have to step forward and well, do this well, well that's a great point Jamal because I think what happens is what I've seen happening and, and it's so funny I covered I, I wrote a, a, a series about this back in 1990 and I went back you know because it was a series was called for those of you who would like to see it it's called The Student Athlete on Campus and it was in three-part series in January 1990, but one asked, one story was about black athletes on campus. And it was interesting. I went back and was reading some of the quotes, and some of the same things were being said about... Um, well, actually, what was being said was a lot of black students were, were questioning whose side were the black athletes on because there was all this racial turmoil on at the University of Michigan and Auburn, 
And in, in some cases, the black athletes had to be dragged into it because they were so sequestered and so in another world. And so uh, I thought it was interesting that these these guys broke out of their cocoon. But now, I think that it's almost like a chess game. you got to know that at, at Missouri and a lot of places, A, a lot of coaches, I say, okay, you know, what, what, what the hell does this mean for us? And I'm wondering what those conversations, like let's say in Alabama or Ohio State, <laughs> bringing in, you know, coaches bringing in like, you know, like Jamal. Hey, Jamal, well, uh, how you feeling? You know, <laughs> how you, you, everything okay? Right. You know, here, here, you, 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 you need anything? Right. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd be, I'd give anything to know what kind of conversations are being held at places like Clemson, uh, Ohio State, uh, Alabama, anywhere. Mississippi, anywhere, anywhere. where. They're, where right. 60% of the team was black. Right. You know, are they bringing him in kind of column or are they bringing him in as a man? All right now, you know, don't get, you know, don't get any ideas. You know? Well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they're having, at least at this point, they're having it amongst themselves at the very least. And they should. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to have to, you, this, is good, this is a possibility wherever you're a coach. And it's interesting that the, uh, the coach in this case, uh, Pinkle, yeah. actually, you know, spoke in favor of of this uh, a strike or or whatever, and um, you know that was a, that was a big part of it too. He gave it some some credibility. And, and remember, he's the same guy last year, mm-hmm. with, uh, not two years ago, with Michael Sand. Right. You right. know, same coach, same group of guys who supported, you know, who stood as one when this whole issue of Sam being gay right. came out. So I don't know if this is just a special group of people. And and Pinkle is a special coach, right? You know, or you know, I'm saying. No, I, I would think it is. I think he is a special coach. I think. Right. I don't think. I think the vast majority of coaches would not would not have agreed, and definitely wouldn't have spoke out about it. Right. So I, yeah, I think he, he gets he gets some uh, credit in this case for sure. But yeah, I mean, the, whatever university uh, that has big time football, especially in the South or the Midwest or anywhere, really East coast, it doesn't matter. Um, that, you know, they have to start looking at it differently and hopefully that, uh, causes, you know, that brings more sensitivity to campus issues. They'll realize that, Oh, if we have, you know, this effect, this affects our money, both, you know, both our football and basketball teams, we have to do something. Because we've already seen people are not going to do things out of the, the goodness no, no, of their hearts. No. Well, that's a, even, even when I was listening to the president's resignation speech. Right. And he was, oh, we stopped listening. and We've got to start intimidating. I said, right. what the hell was that about? Right. The, the kids listen. Yeah. You know, who's being intimidated except you? You, <laughs> <laughs> you won't be intimidated. But also, though, you know, as Frederick Douglass said, there can be no I'm, I'm screwing up his, his, his quote but there can be no progress without struggle right in other words things and who understands that more than competitive athletes right things don't happen by talk right that's not it's, it's about pressure people respond to pressure whereas Condoleezza Wright told a uh, I hate to quote her but it's true she, she told one of her mentees when people know that you can hurt them they won't bother you right and right. And, and, and whether it's you know, at, at, at office politics at my place or your place or here or whatever, that's the rule of thumb. When people know that you could hurt them, when you they people feel they're outflanked, suddenly your path is greased. And I think that when this was about embarrassment, 
when the University of Missouri, and, and trust me, I, I've, I've been out to the University of Missouri a few times, faculty complaining about the racial tension. Uh, I've been to places like Auburn. Anywhere, we, it, the black percentage is something like 7% black students right. in Missouri. You know, and it's Missouri. You right, know, and, that, but, and it's like that at a lot of, most big colleges. A lot of places, yeah, and you've got a small, the most, the largest percent, out of, I think, out of 120 football players at uh, Missouri, I think 66 of them, uh, that's not, but 66, 67, are black. Mm-hmm. Now, that's, you know, that's, and the basketball team, I'm sure, is even more. I always maintain that if you really want diversity on your campus, you need to let the basketball and football coaches be your recruiters. Right. Right? right, they know how to find people. They, they, <laughs> seriously, they've been bringing people. Look at, look at. Remember when Shashevsky bought some kid from from Alaska? Right, right, right. They you find know, them. Right. They, they listen. They'll find them if there's if there's a financial inducement. Right. If you give if you give Rick Pitino and oh John Calipari, give them a financial inducement to bring black students on your campus, and it's a financial inducement. Your place, your you your the campus will look like Grambling. I trust you. It'll look like Howard right. if you give them the right amount of money. Um, so that that's, I, I guess, the, 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 that part of it is interesting. But I also think the, the nuance here is what the people were so stunned about this because it was actually black athletes played a major role in something that had nothing to do with athletics. Right. Like they were really students. Right. And I think that the rap on the athletic community is that they are so insulated they so they're so in their own cocoon that it's almost you know when you see them at a lecture or something like what you know I thought you guys were over on that side of campus and, and in fact I was speaking with Ward Manuel who's the athletic director at Michigan at, at UConn and he was saying even when he goes to like a lecture people kind of surprised they're like oh wow what are you here he's like I don't have any interest right, right. outside there so I do think that. Um, that that's that's one of the interesting things about this is that it, it, the life of a student athlete, black or white, is so completely the the, the experience the student athlete experience is so completely different, right? On the particularly the bigger campuses on the factory school than they are just for the regular uh, the regular student. I mean, it's like life. I mean, it's like night and day. But you know, and going back, I mean, it's promising that that they were that they stood up like this. Hopefully, it it. It moves on to other campuses. They realize they have this power, and they really need these athletes. Really need to to open their eyes and see what's going on here, because you know, especially in college, most of these guys are not going to the pros. Right. You're going to be a regular Joe soon enough, and you're. Pro- trust me. It, one of these things. One of the things that this incident did for me was open my eyes a little wider to the fact that you know you, you said people were stunned. That they did this, they were stunned or appalled. Yeah, you know, right. like you know, boys, stay in your place, right. type stuff. Right. You know, just play sports. We don't want to hear from you. What you get this? You're getting a free education. Shut up. Exactly. You know, you just accept it. You know, and it, it opens my eyes more. And I and I'm I know this stuff exists. And even me, who you know felt like I, you know, I know that you know a lot of fans are racist. You know, they they can, you know, a lot of people can separate what you know they're cheering on the field from how they feel you know as a person they may cheer for you on the field but they they far from respect you as a person and this really you know when i'm looking at this and i'm looking people's looking at people's comments mm. whether it be twitter or whether it be comments to articles and you and it, you really see 
how many people, you know, big time sports fans right. do not respect these people as individuals. Right. They're, they're as people. Like, uh, autonomous. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, you always, you always bring up like gladiator, like right. literally, like it's like I'm watching Game of Thrones or something and you're just cheering on this guy. Right. You don't care what happens to him. You don't even consider him a person. Right. You know, so, and I think that this should open especially college athletes open your eyes to see that these people who are cheering for you they are not on your side right that's a similar point I made of course to fantasy fantasy sports same <laughs> right, thing same right. thing yeah. but no no, you're absolutely right like 60,000 people uh, at places like Columbia, Missouri or, or Fayetteville, Arkansas are cheering you and it's almost as if they're not they're not cheering you per se no. they're just cheering this sort of icon on a, on a video game but as soon as you as you said, protest to buck the system. They're like, boy, <laughs> you must out of, out of your mind. Right. And I think I think that if I think this probably eye opening to many of the athletes to say, wait a minute, I thought that I was your guy. I said, no, right. you're my boy. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think it's, I think this experience has been very eye opening. Uh, do I think that this is going to spread? I. You know, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if these students using social media, if the players, if they're going to be talking to players at LSU and the LSU players at Mississippi and all these guys saying, and I don't know, you know, there may not be, I can't imagine in a place like Mississippi or these places where they still have a Confederate flag, there could be these, these little issues that crop up and people say that, listen, this is something I consider myself a, a black person first. You know, and and a football player third or fourth, right? And these are issues. But again, the system has an uncanny way of knowing who to buy out. That's right. why it's been able to exist all these days. Exactly who to buy out. And it, it, it even could be with the student leader. You know, right. and, and this and this thing is okay. You know, it always gets to a point. All right, what do you, what do you want? Right. <laughs> you know, what do you want? How much is it? What do you want? Right. A recommendation? What do you tell me? What? And, and it's not that. It is not. You don't get seduced. Like that, and you you've seen it where you before you know it you're seduced. Right, before right. you know it, you're like I've been, you know, yeah, right, right. you know, and it's you don't late. even you don't even know it's, it. It's too late, you know. And and here, you know, particularly they they've been these two days of euphoria and we won, we won, and then gradually it kind of starts. Like, how do we kind of right? And who you know who's the next president? Who's right. the next chancellor? I mean, we don't know. There's no win at all right. yet. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is a victory, and I'm glad. Right. I mean, it is a big victory. I hope it spreads. But we all know, looking at the system, that it never stops. Right, and it takes a per, takes yeah. somewhat of a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't. You know, it is. You know, a lot of people who who want to, you know, cast aspersions on the Missouri football players, they'll point to, oh, well, they were four and five. So would yeah. they have done it if they were eight and zero? Oh? Right. Probably not. No, probably you not. Know? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> look at look at the top five schools right in the <laughs> right. ranking: Ohio State. Right. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Right. Uh, what was the other one? Um, Ohio State. Anyway, the point but, is, you know, it doesn't mean they're not brave. It makes makes you a little less brave, maybe. But well, you got, yeah. But your focus is. But like, you know, I'm I'm not taking that away. I'm glad. Hey, how about all the four and five teams do it then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I said there are more four and five teams. Right. <laughs> right. You know, right? And I'm sure in all these campuses there are these issues with the small, relatively small African-American population, you know, kind of getting spat upon. And not to mention, they're probably even smaller minorities. And, and, and because a larger issue is, is, is creating a climate that is comfortable 
for even the the least of people for for the right. less you right. know and, and 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 I think the symbol of this too is that what here you had uh, uh, black people of significance lending their voice to voiceless people and let's just forget football let's just look at society in general who are the black people of prominence whether it's the president whether it's you know whomever and are these people of prominence lending their voice to people without voice to me that that's maybe the takeaway from this right right so, so yeah we'll see we'll see where it goes and I, I I think I you know I see more things of this nature happening and I'm not saying it's there's some revolution coming but I'm just saying you know this has been building up we've been talking about it as it's been happening uh, you know Derek Rose and LeBron James with the I can't breathe t-shirts in the NBA you had the St. Louis Rams um, you know, reacting. You know, a few of the players reacting to the to the Ferguson stuff. Georgetown with the "I Can't Breathe" T-shirts. So it's been kind of slowly building, and you know, so I do feel like there's a change that's happening, and 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 that's because you know of what's going on in society. And remember, as Kareem told us, um, right, that it's probably because uh, a lot of these guys have sons or. In, in the case of uh, in Missouri and this place, they are kind of connected. They've got friends. Maybe they're in fraternities, or they have friends or girlfriends. You know, who are black, which are rare for a lot of them. But that's another that's another episode. You know, but they've got they've got friends who are saying, "Hey, man, you know," or, or, or girlfriends. Like, yeah, look what they're doing. They they, right. they they're not doing that to you because right. they're trying to keep you sequestered. But if you adopt the thing that that atrocity against one is an atrocity against us. Once we as a people, A, as human beings, but as black people, once you adopt that, then I think that begins to bring down walls. Once I say, well, no, maybe you treat me okay, but you're treating my brother and my sister terribly. Right. That's not acceptable. Right, and they're treating you okay when you have the helmet and uniform right. on, especially football. They don't know what you look like. Right. They, it, it, it would be you if you run into the wrong cop. That's right. You know, it could be you who, who loses your life, and it could be you who... Those same people, 60,000 who were cheering you, are all of a sudden supporting the cop and, and raising a fund for him <laughs> to get out on bail. <laughs> That's right. You know? That's right. I didn't know that was so-and-so, the leading <laughs> running back. He should have wore it. How come? He didn't have his uniform right, on. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know. So anyway, yeah. So uh, to be continued, hopefully, right. this will be continued. Because in the, at the end of the day, this it's about struggle. Unfortunately, I mean, it would be nice if all these things just kind of happened peacefully. But right. that's not the history uh, certainly not in this country. That things only happen when you when you protest and when you push, and it's not comfortable. It's not comfortable to talk about it. Trust me, I I know it's not mm-hmm. comfortable to even write about it. Right. You know, but that's that's I think why we're still here in 2015s because people have protested and pushed. So hopefully. They will protest and push, and but bottom line, they're going to play that game against BYU. They're going to play that game, <laughs> but you know, and even beyond racial lines uh, and, and racial discussions, you know, th- there's a whole you know situation going on with the NCAA, and you know, people have, are pushing back against the NCAA in terms of paying players and it being big business. And I think this also shows that if these students at student athletes pull together they could get some other things done too well yeah even that when you when you when you double back but it's interesting I, I think it's interesting that some way the the cart was before the horse because when students were talking about getting paid and all that I think there's a lot of ambivalence about that and that's kind of a right. self-centered issue right you know 
this issue had nothing to do with themselves with themselves well, as a, as players as right. players it had to do with themselves as members of a student community right i think there was a power that was a power this doesn't no, have no anything question. to do with my self-interest the last thing is we started with Dusty Baker last week, and as like I said, when Pat brought it up, I said, "Man, that seemed like it happened 20, 20 years ago." Right, right. You know, but actually, it was just last week that Dusty Baker, who's was a great guy, was made the uh, the Nationals manager and became the the only African American manager in Major League Baseball, which is kind of bizarre on the you know, on the heels of it. I, I kind of, to be honest with you. I saw this thing in Missouri. I think I, I just kind of look at this whole thing much larger than just what's happening in Missouri. But I'm looking at the the, the decline in the number of uh, of black coaches in the NBA. Right. The decline. I mean, the non-existent number of managers until Baker in uh, in uh, Major League Baseball. The the numbers in Major College Football kind of you know. I'm, and and, that, and and I'm sure if we would talk about black folks in law firms and oh, right. black folks in media right. you know black folks in your new you know we right. would see that it's not what's happening there these issues are much a much something much larger is happening there's a much larger assault that's happening to black folks and again it, it really raises the importance of people in positions of power and visibility to speak on it right. and not just to be these silent you know well I work behind the scene now we Behind the scenes ain't that large. I mean, how big can behind the scenes be? Right, right. So anyway, but any, any thoughts on Dusty Baker? Any guys? Any, any? Uh, I'm glad he's back. I mean, he's a, everywhere he went, he won. Right? I mean, he was good in Cincinnati. They were good. He managed. He managed in San Francisco. They succeeded. I mean, he proved he was a good manager, and he's not part of this new wave. He's part of the the older old wave, school, of, right? the old school way. So I think it's it's good to see. I mean. Uh, it's good to see a guy like Dusty back as a manager, but he's managing of the Nationals, so I hope they right. fail. And I hope he <laughs> exactly. I hope see, he doesn't make the playoffs this right. time. Not this time. Maybe maybe he can get a wild card. Or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then he beats he beats your match. <laughs> but hey. yeah, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm happy for for Dusty Baker. But it, that's you know that's the thing too. There were uh, Howard Beck wrote the article in Bleach Report about. Mm-hmm. About uh, the lack of M- NBA uh, coach, uh, black head coaches, and it's down to the number it was, I think, in 1993. Mm-hmm. And you know, just the response to that. I mean, you should have seen the comments. They, he had to shut down the comments section of the article because so many fans were saying either racist stuff or just killing him mm. for writing that article and race baiting. Mm. So you're right; it's not easy to talk about, as you know better <laughs> better than anyone probably. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I was having a debate about um, this in the office with one of the editors about lack of black managers, and he's saying, "Well, you know, uh, you don't have that many black players." I said, "Well, yeah, but yeah, thirty-two percent of of in, in major league baseball players are Hispanic, right? And there's only one black. I mean, there's only one Hispanic manager, right? And now this thing with Howard. So it's again, it's something else that's going right. on. And, and one, yeah, one of the big things I took away from his article was basically the track. To get to become an N, to become an, a black NBA or to become an NBA coach if you're black, mm-hmm. the track is almost 100 percent of the time you have to have played in the league. Right. That's not the case if you're white. Right. So that's a that's a huge difference. That's a different pool. It's a, yes. It's, it's a, you know, it's uh, 
you know, the struggle the struggle continues. Right. Uh, Christmas time is upon. Maybe we'll, like, we'll have a thing. We'll have some something upbeat next week <laughs> on road in the sports. Maybe we'll talk about Santa Claus uh, diversity. Well, th- and, Thanksgiving first. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Some turkey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We'll have some turkey. But anyway, listen. Uh, it's been real. It's been great uh, as as usual. Right. Uh, thank you everyone for uh, listening to another uh, another I was gonna say another version of. Uh, uh, Bill Roden on Sports. It's been a pleasure as usual. I love this hour that we always spend together. Look forward to next week. All right, yeah. F- just follow follow us on Twitter at Bros Pod is is the Twitter for the show at WC Roden. W- yeah, uh, at WC. What is my handle? At WC Roden. I think it's at, at WC, WC Roden, and I'm at Blackatologist. And, and Pat, what are you? A PJA four seven seven. Yeah, yeah and, and I guess if and if you also have some comments, if you want to send in comments, you could do it to that. Uh, my my email address, if you'd like to send e- email, is r h o d e n i n k at gmail dot com. If you've got any suggestions, people you'd like to hear on the podcast, uh, people you like us to interview, because we can get anybody. <laughs> exactly. Just, you know, just just about right. Right. You know, if you tell us who you like us to talk to, we'll bring them in or round them up. Uh, we got a very interesting guest next week, um, but we're running out of time. We'll let you know soon. All right, stay tuned. And, hey, guys, thank you very much. God bless and talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.